Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marcia Cook, and today it's A Good Story is a Good Story, which is the old name of the show, but I thought uh, we'd go back to that a little, because most of my shows are, the people on the shows have a good story to talk about, so that's where we are now, we're back to that, you know, and uh, today is Women's History Month, so I think it's uh, from March 1st till the 31st, So, which I... I should have known about because I really did know about it, but I didn't put it on my site till now because uh, I'm with I'm doing some stories contributing to um, EYS magazine and it's Women's Month, so um, which will be uh, I think you all know that Liet uh, Regan has been on my Regwin has been on my show several times and I'll be featuring her. It's the magazine from Australia and it's an international magazine, so that sh- it should be a really beautiful magazine. It's out four times a year. So, and I'll tell you a little bit about the shows that we're having. So, I because I always forget to do that. And uh, next week we have Elizabeth Black back with two of uh, two of the women that she's in an anthology with for Wicked Women, they're horror writers, and it's Sarah Marks and Suzanne Reynolds Elpert. And then on well on March twenty third we have Josh Mallerman, which is gonna be great. He wrote Bird Box with uh, Sandra Bullock and um he's been on once before with Elizabeth but not with me and I'm really excited to talk to him. And uh he's also a horror writer. And then on Tuesday the 30th, I'm starting a show, Hello Hollywood, and Elwin, um, well, she's on the show today, and Donald uh, Lloyd will be on the show, starting the show off, and we'll be having that show once a month, hopefully, and we'll be talking about Netflix and Prime and all the series on TV, so it should be fun because during this last year, everybody's been watching TV so much, so I thought maybe that would be a good way to just discuss some of the mo- you know, the movies and the TV series that we've all seen. And I'm going to introduce you to of the three of the women today, which is Elwyn Autumn, Katie Reed, and Lisa Kolodny. So hi, women, ladies. <laughs> How are you? Hi, Marcia. How are you? I'm good. And Elwyn, I knew you'd come on. I said, Elwyn, will be here. I just... So you're here, right? Yes, yes. You okay. can hear me, right? So I, I know. All right, so do you want to tell – you could start it off, and you could tell everybody who you are and what you do, and um, then we'll have Katie and Lisa. Okay, well, hello, everyone. Um, like Marcia said, I'm Ellen Autumn. I am a former pre-K Head Start kindergarten teacher from Philadelphia, 
and I now read, write, and review children's picture books. That's you, you edited out everything. That's really good. All right. Okay. All right. And all right, Lisa. Hi, uh, my name is Lisa Kalodny. I'm a pharmacist by training, and I write uh, adult fiction, and I also have two picture books. So nice to meet you, Ellen. Nice to meet you, too. Okay. All right. Katie, who I completely wrote the wrong address. I put her web address wrong. So uh, tell everybody who you are, and then I'll change everything Hi. that's on my website right now and on my the show page. Hi. That's Okay. Yeah, um, my name's Katie Reed. I'm from Arizona, and I've worked in after-school programs for 10-plus years. I've worked in reading intervention rooms in public schools, and I'm currently um, a stay-at-home mom, and I have two children's books out, and my next one's actually coming out this month. That's that's exciting. Okay, all right. So it's very exciting. You know, I think people don't realize how exciting it really is when the book finally comes out and it's out there and for people to, um, you know, look at and read. And also I would like to say uh, something else that I think I don't know if I put it on my site. I didn't. It's um, There's a site for people that have their books on Audibles. Um, there's a site called freecodeaudiblebooks.com. And if you put your books in there, if they're on Audible, I just did that, and then all the codes that the people get from ACX so people can listen to your books are on that. You can, you can once, you put, once you sign up to put your books in, that will appear, and then there will be a list that everything – I even figured it out because it's really hard at first when they, I did it last year, but this time it's really easy to do, and you, get, you can put the free codes in, if you have books on audio, and then they actually are selling. I, I'm, like, shocked. I made a few mistakes along the way, and then, you know, I put the book in twice. You know, I mean, this is what happens because there's so much to do out there. So just in case anybody's thinking of what they need to do for marketing, because it's really hard to market audiobooks. Does anybody here have audiobooks? Not yet. Not Are you thinking of it? Okay. If you're thinking of it, you know, if you have books on Amazon, which you all do, if you go on if you go on ACX, you can sign up, and as long as it's on Amazon, then you can put yourself in for fifty fifty, and then a narrator hopefully will pick your book, and Amazon takes care of everything. You don't pay for anything, and they split the proceeds between the author and the narrator. So I think people don't do it as much as they probably should because they think it's going to cost money, but it doesn't. You can do an audio book and pick your own person, but that's very expensive. So if you want audio books made of your book, if you go on there, you can follow the rules, and they actually answer questions if you call them, the same as Amazon does. I don't know if people know that, but... I, some of these things I'm saying because I'm just finding out I'm redoing a lot of my, um, all of the things I have. So when I talk on the show, I can add some different things that maybe will help people sell books because, as we all know, it's not that easy to sell. 
So let's talk about kids for a few minutes, about the after school. And, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about what you did for after? It's very difficult now. So if it was after school programs that you did, what about now? What do what do parents do? Because, Elwin, I think you were on the first show, so we'll, I'm going to have Katie talk about this, but when we started with COVID. So what's the, what's your advice for mothers and fathers out there? What to do with reading to make sure that they're really getting, you know, a lot of time to read. Yeah. Um, well, so with after school programs, I worked, you know, when I was in high school and then all throughout college. And then after college, I was running my own programs with come with, which come with a lot of heavy stuff. But when I was working in the after school programs as more of like a club leader, which is like, a, I managed a group of kids. I, uh, you know, I would, my favorite thing to do with them was read to them. And my my goal was to get them to love reading. So I would experiment to see what, what things kids would respond to. Like I would put kids' names in the stories, for instance, and they'd kind of perk up and they'd get really excited when they heard their name in the story. And that created, you know, it, it, it created a really good thing within my group because they would like to listen to reading time. And it would also make me just kind of ask them what kind of stories they like to hear. And then, it turned into me telling improvised stories because I started reading them so many books and I would just come up with stories on the spot that I would put their names into. And I just think of a genre like mystery and I'd come up with something and they really enjoyed it. And I would also take a lot of, I, I, I would do the reading program in our summer camps and I would read books that have movies with them. And I would encourage the kids to read the book before the movie and uh, they really love doing that because I feel like there's a lot of pride when you've read the book and then you watch the movie. It makes it more special. And I was trying to teach yeah. them that. And I think a lot of them understood the importance of, you know, reading and then watching. It's it's kind of fun. So I mean, there's a lot of information in there, but that's kind of, you know, I've always loved reading and I've always wanted to write books. And that's kind of how I incorporated it into my after school program job. The, uh, right. So, and Elwin, you know, you have a great programs that you, you know, you do a reading and reviewing. You want to talk a little bit about what you do and how much help you are to, because you were a teacher and the lesson plans that you do. Maybe let's talk a little bit about what you do too. And because these, this is really important right now. And since I didn't, you know, you know, the read across the read across America, you put me on the list. Thank you very much for adding me to one of your books. I hope it's one of the books to read. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, sure. My, um, I just want to comment on what Katie said about putting the names okay. of the um the students in her books. I think that when she was reading the stories, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and um, the, the the to encourage them to read the book before the movie. I mean, not only is that a great way to compare, you know, what happened in the book, what happened in the movie, but it also demonstrates different ways to tell a story. Because um, when you're working with young children, their parents are at home, and maybe they read a story, the child wants to hear the book over and over again, you can encourage the child to um, tell the story in a different way. You can reenact the story. You could, um, excuse me, I have a, to clear my throat. You could even... um, maybe make up a different ending and write your own version of the story or just focus on the character or even put your name in the story, make yourself the character in that story. So I just really, really love the idea of, of what Katie did. 
Yeah, oh, I think the adding you. names yeah. too is good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I just, you know, the kids would just be so excited to hear their name in the story, and it it just really engaged them. And, you know, lots of times when I would make up stories in front of them and just tell them stories that I make up, I would also tell them, hey, like, what happens next? And I'd call on a kid to kind of, you know, give me a boost of what they want in the story. And it would, you know, be kind of like storytelling as a group as well. And then the kids really got into it. And I think it's just really important to get them interested in stories and reading. And that's kind of how I did it in my after school program. Lisa. Yeah. I, so uh, you, you have, a, you have children's books also. A child, you know, do you want to talk a little bit yeah, about how you feel about that? Sure, too? About, it's so important for kids to read, you know, and everything has changed so much now. So do you have anything to say about this issue also? Um, sure. Um, I've been very fortunate to, um, to kind of donate um, uh, children's books. I donated several to the Girl Scouts and then most recently Kids in Distress. But what we had done, uh, when my, my daughter's 16, so my days of reading to her are done. Right, but, uh, right. When she was, when she was younger, <laughs> we would do something very similar to keep their attention, especially with the first picture book that came out, because when I would go to the school to do their reading days and stuff, we would, you know, read the book. But more importantly is, I kind of did something that very similar to what Katie was doing, was we, we would write the story as we went. So I would start them off, and then we would call on kids to say, well, what did the dog do, and what color was the dog? And then we would have one of the little kids writing everything down, and then maybe a couple more were doing the illustrations, and we would kind of, you know, sometimes we'd only have 30, 40 minutes in the event. And then when it was done, I would kind of put it all together and send it back the next few days with enough copies for everybody to get one. And the kids liked it because they wrote the story oh, yeah. and illustrated the story. So they, you know, of course they're they're little, but it was a lot of fun at the time, and I, I really really enjoyed it. So I think the kids are suffering now because they don't have any authors coming to the schools right now. No, not so at all. I think yeah, they they really that. love that, you know, and that's that's what happened out of this whole thing, you know. So I think, you know, uh, hopefully things will be changing. Uh, Ellen, now. You you have you probably have friends that are you know teachers now. What are they t- what are they saying? What are their main problems that they f- are finding right now with the kids when they're teaching? Well, you know what I'm I've been reaching out to a few of my uh, teacher friends, but to be perfectly honest, I think they're probably just really bogged down with a lot because a lot of them aren't yeah. answering me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I they put yeah. I'm yeah. uh, oh, sorry. I, I actually did do a reading today for. Um, my former a teaching partner, when I taught in Head Start, she's still with the district, and she teaches. Uh, she's in an autistic support class, and I read to um, to their class this morning for uh, Read Across America. Um, but I know that they were basically saying that the kids were just really quiet. Like usually, they they talk a lot. But um, I've, I've noticed that when I do the virtual classroom visits, the kids are a little shy. You know, I think it's yeah, yeah. It's better when you can do it in person. You know, yeah, you can feed off. Excitement, you know, well, and you can see their faces. Um, but yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't know what they need at this point. I know in the spring when I was asking the teachers different things, it was just that the kids weren't signing on. Um, you know, that they would have these special uh, conference times or special instruction times for different things, and the kids weren't, like I said, the kids weren't signing on. But the class that I um, read to today, apparently. They're signing on every day, and and they're doing a great job. So, so what did you do? Zoom? Right you now. did a Zoom, a Zoom with the class, right? Is that? Yeah. Well, I'm um, Google Meet. The school district of Philadelphia doesn't use Zoom, but yeah, yeah. 
Oh, so you got um, and I uh, and I read um and I read my book Teddy Bear too and um and they really liked it. Yeah, it was it was really nice to just read the kids again. It's been a while, so yeah, you know. Also, can yeah. I can I uh, yeah sure sure. Too? I actually I actually did a reading. Uh, I have readings all this week, and I did one yesterday with uh, a friend. She's a teacher. Um, and I did it for all the fifth graders in the in school. And it was funny because I totally understand what you're talking about, where it's like when you do a reading in person, you get to see their faces light up. There's something about yeah. being in person that's so, yeah. I don't know, magical when you're reading in front of kids. You see their reaction to the book. Like, I like to stop and ask them questions uh, during it. Because when you, if you read my book, Wizard and the Lizard, they uh, – there's like a poof page and it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. And I'd love to ask the kids, what do you think is going to happen? And I like to have them raise their hands, but it's like when they're all on mute and you can't really tell if they're laughing or their reaction, you can't even see them all usually because there's so many, but it's just, it's just such a different vibe when you're doing it online. So if they're all on mute, do you think they could maybe, do you think they could maybe open up some of the, you know, maybe let some of them talk. I don't know. Once it's all on mute, I don't know if you could do that, you know, to have them. Because, right, it would be good to be able to hear what they think, you know, because that... Yeah, well, I think the teachers do it. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, some of them will say, well, uh, so-and-so on you, because sometimes the teachers can see them raising their hand and they'll just tell the child to unmute themselves. Maybe it depends on how the teacher has the, uh, the mute and unmute set up. Yeah. 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 I think right. Yeah, because that would be I you know, I think the kids, you know, um uh, I think that you know, this is really hard with for kids. You know, Lisa, you know, being in the pharmacy, you know, for pharmacy business for years, how do you feel about all this what's going on now uh as far as the vaccinations and how they're getting it out? Do you have anything about that that you'd like to add to this because it's so important what's going to be happening? Well, I think it's a scary time for the adults, so I can only imagine what it is for the kids. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think it's just really important, you know, to, to put it out in, a, in, in terms that children understand. My daughter just turned 16 on Wednesday, and, you know, just trying to put it in lay terms for her, what it meant, what are the benefits, what are the risks. I just think it's scary for everybody. You just kind of have to um, present it in the way that you would a regular, you know, vaccination as far as when they go and they get their shots or, or whatever. But I think just well, I think that eventually, eventually it will be something. You know, I think that's important because I, having worked for doctors for years, it matters because I think that you know, I think one of the things that there, you know, there are a lot of people that are afraid of getting vaccines, not just this one, but anyone, any of them, you know. And so I think that this is maybe going to be a little bit of an issue here, but I hope that. You know, because we all want to get rid of this. Because Elwin, you remember when we first started with this? Uh, when we a year ago, who would have thought that we sp- this would be happening? It's just hard to believe it's been I a year. I know they were just saying on the news the other day. Uh, the clue in Philly, the the schools closed down in March last March, thinking that they would be closed yep. down for two weeks. Yeah, and here we are a year later. It's, I know yeah, because it's really I. Yeah, it, it's, you know, and I think there are, you know, there's, I think the the main thing is there really isn't an answer. You know, I, I don't, you, there's no one answer that fits everybody, you know, but I do think the kids, you know, it's going to be hard. And the families, you know, I, you know, having kids at home. So how is that for you, you know, uh, 
you know, Katie, as far as with your kids, you know, this is the thing when kids are home and, you know, and they're, you have to, you know, like let's say people are working. I mean, it is getting to be very tough for a lot of the parents now because it's been a year. And the kids, you know, the adults are getting tired of this now. So kids, you know, how do you think this is going to be for them? You know, are they going to, I think it's affecting, it has to affect them. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah, my son's pretty young still. He's almost two. But, you know, I do have friends that have kindergartners. I have have a couple friends that have kindergartners this year. And I've worked in kindergarten classrooms, and I know, like, that must be so hard for them because it's there you know a lot of the kids who've been in school have experience with using the computer have been taught how to use you know technology to an extent but when you're a kindergartner you're kind of entering this whole new world of elementary school and learning how to use the computer in kindergarten and at home like that's probably really intense and I know a few of my friends have said that that's been a struggle is trying to teach them the technology and trying to keep them you know in a seat focused on their class because they're only five I think it's hard to stay focused, isn't it, for everybody else? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think it's been a very difficult, you know, I finished actually my uh, a regular novella, but I I took, I, I started it, then I ended it, then I didn't like it, then I redid it, and I, I found it very hard to focus. What about anybody here? How do you feel about focusing? I'm, I'm better now. I'm, I'm focusing somewat now, much better. Lisa? Hey, Did you have any I trouble focusing? I, I think it's like that for the adults. I know, you know, after hours and hours and hours of Zoom, and, you know, I've been very fortunate to continue to work from home. Uh, but, yeah, I find myself, you know, uh, people uh, suddenly you have silence and you realize they've asked you a question. You're like, uh, can you read the question for me, please? So yeah. Right. You get easily distracted. Yeah, the adults. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. you kind of your mind wanders and you start thinking about, what you should make for dinner, or yeah. oh, I should go throw a load of clothes in real quick. They won't know I'm gone. You know, you just, you know, you just kind of jump back like that to a, to a whole new level. So I think it, but you know, there's been some good things about it too. Is you know, with the first couple of months, my daughter she had her lunch in her room, and I had mine up at my office. And in about two months, I started saying, "Why don't we meet downstairs and we'll have our lunch together?" So oh, you know, we do cute. have a lot of flexibility. We do have a flex- lot of flexibility that we, we didn't have, you know, with a 9 to 5 or 9 to 7, you know, office job. So I, I think there's been a lot of a lot of pros about it as far as the flexibility. My dogs are not going to know what's going to happen when I do physically leave again because yeah. they won't know right. what's going on. They're just like, where'd you go? Because the first few days are like, why are you still here? Aren't you supposed to be gone somewhere? And, you know, <laughs> I now know. they're like, I think, yeah, I think now that if we left very long, they're like, oh, my gosh, I've been in this cage now for – you know, a whole day that's been like eight minutes. So I think they're going to have culture shock when I go back. Yeah. For sure. I think, yeah, I, I think there's no end. I, you know, there's, the, the day seems to be so long a lot of times, you know, when you're in a lot, you know, um, that none of us have ever really felt before just really being in as much as we've been in. And, you know, I've heard from people that are working full time. My office is down the street, so I do go in for to, if I have to ship something out or I'm online. But, um it, I think it's very difficult for people to, you know, it seems like they're working so many more hours. How does anybody feel about that? Do you feel like you're working so much more? Oh, Ellen? I agree with that 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no day and night. I think we just all do. You just constantly, 
you know, doing things. Elwin, how's your day going? How, what happens? You know, because I think people want to know these things because everybody's feeling down. Not everybody, but even if they're not feeling down and not saying they're down, they can't be happy about this. You know, it's very confining. Well, I left the district four years ago, and I, um, I've i just been working, you know, writing my books and doing my blogs. So I've actually been home. So before the pandemic, I already had, like, a writing schedule that I wrote myself and, like, a daily schedule so that I would stay on track. So the pandemic didn't change. Being home didn't affect me because I was already home. The only difference yeah. now is, you know, I can't. You know, I can't like see my friends like I did before. So, and that, that, well, that I mean, is, yeah, but that's a hard thing, though. I mean, when you really think about it, that's one of the problems for the adults. You know, they're not seeing as many people. You know, uh, Lisa, you uh, you have a small one, so I'm not Lisa. You know, Katie, you have a small one, so how does that work for you? You know. You're um, home a lot. Yeah. You were planning on being home. It's, you're planning, but now you're really home. Right. No, you know, it's been very difficult. I've always um, been an extrovert. I've always worked with kids. I've always, you know, had plans with friends. And all my friends, I had four friends have babies month after month. Like, we were all pregnant together. And so my son has a lot of friends that are exactly his age that we just haven't really been able to see because, you know, everybody's comfort level is different and that's okay but it's just made it hard to get the kids together and you know I it's like when I was with my friends you know we were all pregnant at the same time which wasn't planned it was just it just kind of happened that way um you know we thought oh our you know kids will all grow up together and it I mean I'm sure they will things will get better but um but during this time it's definitely been isolating because it's like I have these potential you know, playmates for my son, and we just haven't been able to play with him. So it's been difficult for sure. Even though I've been home, you know, with him since he's been born, it's just been hard. But I've been really trying to focus in on my books. That's my outlet is reading and writing and doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think because people that, you know, I think writers, the one good thing is that we're, we, we, we already know that we can be alone and write. But for others, it's not that easy. You know, and I think some of the issues that are going to come out of this, you know, I think is that people will be changed in a lot of ways. You know, um, I, I think some of the ways, you know, maybe not so good, but some of the ways, like, you know, spending time with your family. I think a lot of people have not spent as much time with their family before, but they are now, which yeah. is a good thing. You know, Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think nobody expect. I think having not expected this, I, I don't think anybody could have ever thought this was going to happen. I really, it's impossible to, you know, even imagine that something like this. And even, you know, as Ellen was saying, like we, at one of the first shows during this, we we just thought, oh, would people be writing about the COVID? Would they be talking about the COVID, you know? And would they be incorporating it in stories? You know, and um, on TV, I see a lot of the shows that I've been watching, they incorporated it, but they always show the brighter side that is coming out of it. So uh, does anybody notice that when they're watching TV? You know, on the not on the Netflix series, they don't really go through that too much. But they do on the regular stations. You know, really the shows watch, I've been watching. 
regular TV. I mean, I watch like Netflix and some things on uh, Amazon, but I am actually writing a lesson plan for a children's book called The Power of Positivity, The ABCs of a Pandemic, and it's all about COVID. So, oh, that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, and, and it's for children, so I think that's good. COVID-19, like they're saying, there's still going to be pandemics after this. You know, this book will teach kids how to act in the future for you know, health I think crazy. it seems that the kids seem to be like the kids seem to be really good about it, especially when they're little and they're wearing a mask. They're just used to it now. They just do it. They put it on like they're putting on a scarf or something. You know, the adults, that's another story, yeah. you know. And um, so I think, right, and having books like that, because I do think that this is something people should know about because hopefully, hopefully we won't have anything ever like this again, but it's possible, you know, but hopefully not. You know, I'm trying to look at the side that it, it won't be something like this. You know, um, I, you know, I just, I, I just think it's been such a long year for people with, you know, especially being home with kids. You know, and that's why, you know, a lot of the times, you know, um, there are somebody. I actually, I'm going to have them on the show. They have a book on. You know, people are starting to write books like that, like the one you're doing, because I do think you have to address it now. You know, it's something that's happened. And it's a year, so it's something important. Where at the beginning we thought, oh, maybe it'll go away. Well, I didn't go away, you know. So I think that that's. Are there any issues that do you? Since we all, you know, have children and we've been writing, what what are the issues you think that maybe, like Alwyn, you know a lot about this too, you know, as far as like what type of issues do you think kids really want to hear about? In their books, were not to get depressing. You know what I mean? Where the important issues. Well, uh, gosh, uh, I don't know. Give me a second for that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I haven't, been, I haven't been around kids too much lately, so, I mean, when I talk. But you write it, but you, you know, talk about it all the time, though, you know, because you do in your books and all the books that you're reading, you know, they a lot of them have issues that they address. Oh, you mean like bullying and being yeah, in the dark? Yeah, I you, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Those like, no. I thought you meant in terms of like, like no, like COVID no, or, no, no. In general, just in general. No, um, well, children, children want books that reflect them. They want to see themselves in the books, and um, of course, they 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 want them to be fun. You know, if there's playful words or rhyming or a character that's outrageous, they 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 love that stuff. And, um, I mean, when you read a book that your class loves and you put it in, I think I talked about this in one of your shows before, you put it in your classroom library, you can watch friendships develop. Yeah. Which is a good thing. You know, friendships matter. And the bullying and things like that, you know, I think some of the adults now could use some of these books to be reading because, you know, I think kids, kids, you know, kids don't, you know, they bully, but sometimes when you they read something, it sinks in. You know, Lisa, do you have anything about yeah. that, you know, as far as like how you feel about, with, you know, you deal with health and science and you've done a lot of different things, kids' issues. How do you um, feel about that, you know, as far well, as kids I think growing up? I, I think it's, you know, there could probably be a bunch of different ones depending upon your perspective. I know for me, back in December, my second picture book, Jericho Alley, released, and it's about a homeless man and a homeless dog. 
and both have an opportunity to go seek shelter from this storm, but neither one do because they won't. They don't want to leave the other. And that entire concept came from my, my daughter when she was about six. And we had gone on a trip, and she was just very disturbed about this little old woman, a homeless woman that was laying out on the bench out front of the hotel. And she just could not understand why that little woman just didn't go home. She kept saying, Mom, why doesn't she go home? Why don't she get out of the cold and go home? And I kept saying, well, honey, yeah. she doesn't, you know. So I think sometimes you can kind of look around, at, you know, kind of like um, what Ellen said about they, they like to see what's going on around them, you know, in the story. But I think a lot of times you can incorporate, you know, the questions that they have or their concerns or their, even their, their, their fears. Because, again, for her, she just couldn't quite grasp why that little woman just didn't collect her stuff and go home. So that book kind of came about from her own, you know, questions and concerns and fears about, you know, the homeless. Yeah, which is a big issue now. I mean, and people that mm-hmm. have never been homeless are homeless now. Right, right, exactly. You know, and yeah. and that's that's one of the problems, you know. And as far as food and things like that, I mean, those are subjects that probably, like even, uh, like, you know, Katie, probably you'll be talking about that as years go on, some of these things that came up now. Wouldn't you think that would be something that the kids will be wanting to talk about? Because they, they know what's going They've heard things. You know, parents maybe think that yeah. kids haven't, but they do. Yeah, no, so I, think, inc- uh, I think it's important uh, to make kids uh, – well, so they, they need to – they want to feel safe, and I think sometimes books or characters can do that. Um, when the pandemic started, I actually released a book that I – um, wrote before the pandemic even started called Wizard and the Lizard Wacky Weather. And it's basically about this wizard and lizard and, you know, there's a storm outside and they had a picnic plan. So they try to change the weather and a bunch of silly things happen. But at the end, you know, I don't, I mean, it's kind of spoiler alert, but it's like they can't change it. And they have to, you know, they say some things we just can't control, but then the sun comes out and it shows that sometimes things get better you know, with time or be patient, you know, so there's just things that are out of our control. And like I know now, when I was, like when now, I was a kid, like right now, like that's right exactly now. It. Yeah. And, and I thought the message was really relevant because it came out in April and I was like, I really hope that kids understand the message of, you know what, like maybe they can understand the message of my book isn't necessarily directly about COVID, but it's, you know what, like sometimes when things are bad, we can't control it, but it'll get And I was a kid who lost my mom when I was 15 and I couldn't control that, but I could control yeah. the direction I went and, and the choices I made and the sun could come out for me later. And I just want, you know, I think it's important for kids to get a message out of a book, even if it's, you know, if it's something serious that comes from a silly book, like my books are kind of silly, but they have a serious message at the end. And I, uh, I think it's important that kids, can get that message from books and and in my case with my book I just was so surprised that it came out during COVID and that the message is kind of relevant like none of us knew how this was going to get better you know in April we were we were all there's all these unknowns but I was just trying to give kids you know that hope that the sun will come out and that things will get better yeah because we are definitely out of control with this and you know and for those that think that we can control things we can't because this was definitely something that none of us could control and we all would have liked to control this you know and so i think you know when kids kids will understand certain things that you know as far as like oh they can't go out to play or they can't do things that normally they would have been crying about but now they get used to the fact that 
well, I guess I can't go out today, you know. And instead of saying why, they were already by a year already figured it out, that they can't hug people the right. way they did or they can't do things that they used to do. So, you know, that's showing that we all – This is, I think this has brought a lot of people together in certain ways because we're all in the same boat. It's not like yeah, any, you know, any of us are that different because it's, we're all involved in something like this. And all of us are here yeah. together as having it. You know, it's not like, you know, because some states are better than others. But, you know, it's, I live in Chicago, so it's kind of difficult. We can't go out a lot. And I think, Kay, are you from, somebody's from Florida here. Kay, are you from Florida? I I am, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa, oh, you're from Florida. So from it's Florida. different for you, right? I mean, you can go out more. You know, we can't, yes. and the, it was snowing yes. so bad last week you know now it's like 40 and it's like in chicago it's like a heat wave compared to below zero but where are we going in below zero but at least in florida that's why people are out you can walk outside yeah we're confined very different here but it is in some of the colder areas but you know still we still have a lot of the same restrictions as far as social social distancing so many only so many in a restaurant at a time uh, yeah. You know, those empty tables, I mean, it's still, it's not, I don't know that it will ever be exactly the way it was, but we are slowly oh, I don't think it will be either, not for, not for yeah, a very long time. Not for a while. Well, we are slowly getting back to, you know, a, a, some sense of normalcy, but I, I don't know what it will look like when we're finally done. Elwin, what about you? It's not warm where you are, right? Um, no, well, today is actually a pretty nice day. Um, it, yeah. it, it, it's sunny out. It's, it's cold. It's probably somewhere close to... 40. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm enjoying stepping outside my house today. But um, indoor dining in Philly is still, you know, we're still not allowed to do that. But, I mean, I live like two minutes from uh, a suburb where they're do- some places are allowing indoor dining. I'm not doing any of that. Um, yeah. Especially with now all these variants all over the place. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I, just, I know. Just that's that's the longer. thing. I know. I know. Katie, what about you? You go out a lot. Um, well, I'm in Arizona, so I'm uh, fortunate. We're, right uh, we're one of the places <laughs> to have pretty warm. It's, yeah. I think it's 70 today here. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> see, but it's it is different. Oh, sorry. Depending on where you are, you know, even if you don't go to a restaurant, at least you can walk outside and be outside a little and get some air. You know, and that's absolutely you know, true. It, yes. It makes a big difference. You know whether it you totally know, but does. now. Yeah, for kids, like some of the times the kids can go out in the winter, you know, and play. It's cold, but then the parents have to go with them, and below zero is a little cold, you know, to send a child out, you know, to play. But, you know, and that's what – it does make a big difference when you're in a climate that is, you know, where you can walk and at least get some air because sometimes people are feeling so confined that they can't, you know. uh, And and that – People argue, you know, and they have, there's been a lot of problems. So I think like now, you know, like I'm talking to all three of you and we're all in different places, but we're all basically doing the same thing. So that's what's unusual about this now is that we all, that's what we all have in common now. We all have gotten through this together one way or another. We've done that, you know. So are there any subjects that anybody wants to talk about that I have forgot about? You know, I think you were going to talk about reading intervention. You wanted to talk about something, you know, add some things about that or anything more about that? Oh, 
I can tell you more about the intervention. I mean, I just, yeah. I, I got a job as a change of pace to do at, at a reading intervention program. Uh, and it was really great. You know, these kids have a hard time reading, but being able to help them with their phonics and their fluency and doing all the things that kind of get them to that point where they can read. And then it's like, you know, you want to get them excited about reading after that. And it was a really rewarding job to have. And I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. So I, you know, getting kids to really enjoy reading is important. I, you know, this is a huge thing. It's the most important thing, you know, for kids is to make, make sure that they get time to read, you know? And so, I mean, over the last year, a lot of kids are in. So, and I'm hoping that, you know, the parents are, you know, having their kids read a lot more. I think they are, you know, from what I've heard from people. Uh, but I'm not, you know, you know, listen, I mean, they're playing games, they're doing other things because, you know, after a long period of time, it runs, you know, to a, it's at a point where you don't know what to do with them anymore. So, you know, a lot of parents would say, oh, I wouldn't want my child watching TV, but I'm sure they're watching a lot more TV than they ever watched because, you know, you run out of things to do. Yeah. You know, Absolutely, I know, yeah. Right? Because I know people that are, you know, not wanting their kids to go out, but what are you going to do with them? You know, so, and I think some schools are starting in, you know, uh, up a little. Chicago schools are still deciding what to do. You know, as a pharmacist, um, Lisa, what 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 kind of things, how do you feel that people should be, is there anything that we're not talking about here that maybe people might want to hear from you, you know, medically um, well, um, you know, obviously the vaccinations are a huge topic. Uh, I was very fortunate. I was in the first wave that got the first shot and then my second shot uh, in January. So I've already received both shots. I think there's a lot of, of concern about the shot in, in, you know, in its entirety, both shot one and shot two. Um, so I just try to, you know, like I said, I have a lot of people that will call and say, I don't know if I should get it or not, or, you know, should I get it? Should I not get it? And, you know, I think it's a personal choice for everyone. And, you either, um, you know, you believe in vaccination or you don't. I, I, I don't think that this vaccine is any different from any of the other ones that we've gotten. Um, so, you know, I just try to tell everybody the medical, the, the pharmacy facts about the, the vaccine and then let them make their own decision, their own choice. Yeah, I, I think that people do have to make their own decision. But I do think one of the things is, is that we want to, you know, have some normalcy back. And so I think the more people that get vaccinated, the better it is for everybody, you know. And that it's is true. Not, you know, it, yeah, it, it's yes, just because, because we want kids to go to school. This is, you know, what we're talking about today because, you know, you really, you know, there's only a certain amount of time that kids already, you know, and there's a lot of depression. Does anybody have any friends that mention that to them about their kids? Or, you know, a lot of people are having depression right now, you know, which is a huge subject to talk about because that's one of the things that's happened out of this. Elwin, you know, you keep yourself very busy and you're always upbeat in all of oh, your well, posts you. and oh. everything. So what what is your advice oh. to people? Because you're, you know, you do a lot online all the time, upbeat, the time. you know, sayings, little quotes. Well, I mean, um, uh, well, in terms of knowing parents who have children who are who suffer from depression like little kids or young children my kids are grown and so are all of my friends kids 
Um, but like what I have done is I just made myself um, a schedule and I try to stick to it because, um, you know, just having structure in your life, it, um, it's just sometimes just knowing what's coming next or having that structure does help your mental health. Because you Absolutely. keep you put out a lot of you put a lot of banners out a lot, a lot of and I believe in banners a lot. You have a lot of things out there and they're all positive. So I think that that's one of the good things, you know, is for people to try to be as positive as they can for their friends to just try to make it better, you know, as far as how this is yeah, going then, right now. Yeah, and like in my schedule, I put in I'm going to exercise at this time, and then I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to take the dog for a walk at this time if it's nice out, and that that's helped me. Yeah, because so a lot of people don't. You know, some people have schedules and some people don't. Okay, I'm sure, Katie, with a young one, I think your schedule is whatever happens during the day. I would assume, right? That's oh no, it's actually it's actually very structured. I have a very and I have a very <laughs> structured schedule. I uh you know, when all of this happened I, I had had him in April of twenty nineteen and then the pandemic hit almost a year later, but you know, I control I had and I said, you know what, like I want control of something. I'm gonna lose some baby weight. So I did and I dieted and I did things that I can control control and sorry um but that's that's how I coped I I was like you know I can't control this pandemic but I can control you know losing some baby weight I can control eating right and so that was something that really helped me kind of like Ellen I made a schedule and I stuck to it and it it felt good because it's you know putting your life in sort of a putting your ducks in a row instead of having it just kind of feel out of control yeah I think I think that's a schedule, a, um, a, a consistent schedule for children, um, it gives them a sense of security because they know what's going to come yep. next. And with all the yeah. absolutely with the having, I think, a schedule for children is, is even more important, especially if they're home from school, because you know they're when they're in school, they're a schedule. <laughs> you know that. That's yeah, no, that's that's very true. Right, that's very true. Come. And right, and but although the people that are working, you know, it is hard for them to do their kids' schedule and their own schedule, right? You know, and because that, and so I do like what Lisa, what you said about having lunch. I think that's a really good idea for people that you know to have lunch together. Yeah, we, um, you know, that was a great idea. I think we have a lot of structure too, because like I said, I am working from home. So I'm pretty much taking calls from 7 to about 4.30, 5 o'clock. But like the other um, writers, I've kind of set my own set of time to like, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out this particular time. I actually started doing virtual walking with my aunt. She lives in Kentucky, and we walk virtually on the phone every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I call her at 5.30. We have a So have you a walk path. around your house? It's, you mean you walk around the house? No, I, I've been going out. She's inside because she's in Kentucky. She's freezing, but right, I'm outside, right, so we right. walk her. But we do it three times a week, 35 minutes. We're calling it virtual walking. So I think I have a lot of structure so to this and work. Yeah, and it, it's actually no, lost a fair amount of weight. We're, we're very happy, but, you know, we um, – Yeah, we I think it's a really good thing to walk. I, I always made my phone calls, you know, like I used to walk outside or now I can't, or otherwise I would walk. We have uh, uh, we moved to an, a new apartment complex, and it's really – the halls are huge and beautiful. And we just, we had moved here, and I went, oh, this is the greatest place. It's like being on a track. This is really good. And so 
I was here in February, and I was walking. It was fabulous. And that's where I made all my phone calls while I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, then COVID, and then some of the people were not wearing masks, so I didn't go into the building. And then I'm waiting for that because I think that's when I made all my phone calls. You know? And it was so, you know, you just are exercising while you're talking. You know, and that's really good. Yeah. You know, the time goes and you walk more because you just keep chit chatting, you know, with people. And so that's what I find now. You know, I want to do that again. If it soon as it gets warm out, I'll be walking. But I've been doing a lot of the stuff like um, on iTunes. I've been doing Zumba and stuff like that until I hurt myself. Then I have to say, oh, I can't do this. And I have to do something else. So I oh. wait. You know, I think exercise is really a good thing. During this, I've always done, even if it's 20 minutes, it's so good mentally, you know, to do. I think that if people can only do it even 20 minutes, a half hour, it still makes a big difference on what you can accomplish during the day. And I think people say, oh, I'm too tired. But after you exercise, you do feel invigorated. You're energized. You're totally energized. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things people don't do as much. And I think because especially if you're in the house, and what I used to do before my husband was home all the time, I used to walk around my entire house talking on the phone. You know, this is what I did, (laughs) you know, when I was – and it really – you, it's uh, it's exercise. You know, you just keep walking and talking, especially if you like to talk, which, as you know, you can see that I do like to talk, so <laughs> you just do that, and and it's just so natural, you know, and that's why as soon as it gets warmer, I'm looking forward to walking outside again and just being, you know, but I do like, you know, I used to go to health clubs when you have a track, and it was so easy to walk then, because you just, you know, now, you know, you go in different destinations, but a track, you just kept going, and it really is good for people, you know, to exercise, especially now. You know, and yeah. people say they're too tired, but if they would start exercising, they would feel better, I think. Yeah, you I, know? Agree. I agree. So, you're right. So totally let's agree. Talk about, yeah, let's talk about something that really, you know, this is hard to sell books. We all know this. So how do you, what? how have you changed your marketing at this time, or have you added marketing? And there are so many ways to market now, but... You really have to, that's why I'm redoing everything and I'm going in and things and going, oh, I have to change this or that. So, Lisa, how are you marketing? I have a social media that does a lot of my Facebook ads and my Facebook uh, prompts and stuff. So she does a fairly decent job. And then I'm on the local library circuit, so they do a couple of shows. And, like, normally we do them live, but actually this weekend we're doing one virtually. So I'm on that panel, the children's panel for the virtual ones. So anytime I see an opportunity to either set up a stand or come and do a talk or what, like this opportunity that you gave me today, I mean, I'm pretty good about taking it. Um, yeah. you know, as you said, that is the hardest part about writing is the marketing. So I, yes. uh, I do lots of different things to try to get the books out there, whether it be festivals or, or uh, you know, book, book events, kiosks at the mall, whatever that they'll, somebody will offer, I will usually take them up on it. Now, Ellen, I know what you, you're always marketing, so... Tell everybody a little bit about what you do because you are a really good marketer. I see all your stuff is out all oh, the time. Thank you. Um, well, you know, I just plan out what posts I'm going to do um, on Planoly for my Instagram account. And then I usually use a lot of my Instagram posts for Facebook and um, Pinterest and all those. And then, uh, well, I'm, I'm, over the summer, I don't know if you remember, I did a – summer camp with Elwyn Autumn because I knew that the teachers yes. were going to be off. So I was trying. Yeah. Well, now I'm doing, I, and, and then you, you expressed an interest. I'm going to be doing circle time with Elwyn Autumn. Yes. 
And, yeah, um, that's good. I'm gonna be, you- I'm gonna start off. I started uh, doing the recordings, um, and I did my books, and then uh, I'm gonna be doing uh, your hopefully whatever book you want me to read. So that's gonna be another marketing tool, but that's not just gonna be for me. I'm hoping this will also help give other authors exposure. So that's yeah. that's my latest uh, marketing thing. Well, that's I mean, that's listen. It that's really because it's this is the this is the important. This is really a tough thing to do, and you know we all know we need it. Katie, what about you? Um, marketing is definitely uh, hard. You know, I do Amazon ads, I do uh, Facebook ads, uh, I do posts. I have a lot of connections with schools, so I've been doing virtual readings and. Uh, I've before COVID, I would go in and do readings in person. Um, it's it's definitely difficult to get the word out there about your books because, you know, with social media, you know, joining a lot of Facebook groups is helpful to get information, but a lot of times they don't want you to, you know, self-promote, which makes sense. Um, but I've definitely been trying to learn a lot about social media marketing and doing things like that. Yeah, because it, it, it does matter, you know, uh, and – you know, you can't write as much or you can't do other things if you have to keep I You know, I do have, I post a lot, but I also have uh, O&P, Island Pussycat, and I have, uh, Chris, Crystal does from CLG. She does a lot of my posts also, but I'm doing a lot also because you just have to. You know, whether you yeah. like it or not, it has to be done. So you do the Facebook, you do ads or boost, the, the yeah. boost or different ads. I just do normal ads, uh, like ad campaigns, and then I do, uh, and then I do Amazon ads. And I think Amazon ads also are a lot. I, I find Amazon ads to be more helpful than Facebook ads because it, you yeah. know, yeah. it adjusts the algorithms and things when people click on your book and when people buy your book, and then it, you know, boosts them up. So Amazon ads has been helpful. I also was able to get into a consignment program at one of my uh, local bookstores. So. You know, I'm just trying everything and reaching out to. I've, yeah, I've I do think the you know uh, the local bookstores. You know, I think that a lot of times they, you know, weren't too thrilled about putting independent authors on. So if people are listening out there, if you have an independent bookstore around you, try to get them to put some of the, you know, people that also have independent published books because they're good books, and um, so I think that the bookstores they could help people you know, by doing that, but oh, a lot of times they don't. Well, and I think a lot of times they're resistant because I know Amazon is competition, but you know, like with the bookstore I went to, it's a bookstore I've gone to my whole life and I wrote them a letter and, you know, I, I said that I really support small businesses and local businesses. I always yeah. come to you, you know, when I'm looking for a book and I think it's just, it's important that they know that, you know, it's like you're trying to pursue your dream and publishing through Amazon or, you know, Ingram Spark is, the easiest way to do that for a lot of independent authors, but also showing your support for their business is important. So, um, you know, yeah, because I think that's, I think think they really need to help independent authors a little more than they do, you know, and especially now because people, you know, I've had uh, tons of people uh, over the last year that have said the same thing that they have books and they have books that they bought from their publisher because they expected to go out and do book signings and conferences and none of them can do that. So they have all these books sitting in their house. So it would be nice right. to help some of these authors out there get some of their books out there, you know, because 
it's you know i mean i just think a lot of times when you go into a small bookstore they have the new books that are out but there are books that are five years old or six years old or seven or whatever and they're still good books so i think oh, and they're great it, books. yeah yeah you know and i think that uh I really think that they need to work on that in these smaller bookstores because, you know, I think the authors can really support them and would be happy to go to signings. And and if they would let people do signings like they did, you know, as soon as it gets better, it will be really good for them too because I think it works both ways, you know, that will get people in bookstores. Because people aren't going, you know, before this, this before they weren't going to the small bookstores as much. And a lot of them, unfortunately, went out of business, yeah. you know, because they don't have that online yeah. presence. But I think the small bookstores, if you go into a bookstore and you ask for a book, they can get it for you. Yeah. So I think that yeah. that's what yeah. people don't understand is if you're on Amazon, they can go in and get it for you. Mm-hmm. And you could pick it up there, you know. So I think if everybody worked together, it would help children's authors a lot. You know, and regular, and and also romance and horror stories, whatever it is. I think that that would be good for them to help the independent authors. You know, which is important. Yeah. This is why I do the shows a lot. I have a lot of independent authors, but I have a lot of them with different publishers. But it's still even for. It doesn't matter if you're independent or if you have a different publisher. It's still a lot of marketing. No matter what, and the bigger companies, they do not help that much as they used to. So everybody's in the same, you know, every everybody's in the same kind of position that they need help selling their books. Yeah, you know, and the more you can do. So I think after listening to all three of you, you know, you all have different ideas, but you're all working hard to to do different things during the COVID time. And hopefully, when this is all over, the things that you've done will be helpful into where you go in the future i feel that will be better for everybody yeah my resources are helping parents and educators yes and i think i do think after this there will be some changes and i think for the good of you know because i think people like you know as you said we don't have control a lot of times so i think right now that being in the same boat it's not such a bad thing because we all understand something that we don't want to happen again, and we want to get out and sell our books again because we will be, you know, people will be going places. It's, you know, by next year, hopefully, people will be back to, you know, bookstores and just doing different things. So, And hopefully the small bookstores will stay in business. This has been tough for them. Yeah. You know, Definitely. but we can help as independent authors. We can help them, too. You know, and that's the thing that they don't realize how many people that are independent authors have big followings. And they do. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, you know. And so I think that would be helpful to everybody. All right. So I think, is there anything anybody wants to talk about? You can all say your websites before. And um, Lisa, you want to start? Uh, Lisa, it's, it's, sure, it's com. Okay. Well, I did that right. That's the, that's right on my site. Okay. <laughs> Katie, you would like to change that. Okay. All right. And Elwin? Well, my Elwin. my main website has been down for two weeks. There is some serious technical difficulty. But if you want to read my book reviews and some educational-related articles, you can go to lemondropliterary.blogspot.com. Yeah, I have that on there. Okay. And Katie? Okay. 
And then what, my your, website yeah. <laughs> is com, uh-huh. and you can see my Wizard and the Lizard books on there. And I also have free printable coloring pages if you want to do activities afterwards with the book. Free well, I'm so glad I got the whole different, everything different is, is wrong for you <laughs> that I put out. <laughs> Because, so right. because it, it is, you know, because I know I've had people on that they have the same name as somebody else, and it is very difficult for them to market also. Because yeah. when you have a different name, there's a lot of people that have the same names. They really, it's yeah. amazing, but they do, you know. And that's, um that's to be like me and make up a pen name. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and that's the thing, you know. I figured as much. I don't, you know, this is, I was talking about this the other day. I try not to know anybody's name except what I know of their name because I once had a show, this was many years ago, and everybody had a different name than their books were under. It was so, my mind, I didn't want to call them their name <laughs> because they, because those were uh, sexy books, book writers and they were all on the PTA and, you know, uh, this is like seven years ago or something, and, and those years it mattered even more. So I think that that's a problem because, uh, you know, the name. So I, I, I was wondering, but that's why I never want to know people's other names because then I'll call them that on the show and some people don't want people to know who they are. So that's why yeah. I try to know them only as who they are. Yeah, right. You you can solve it by having a pen name. I tried that. It didn't work good for me because I got so confused because I was talking about different things on my show and then I was saying, oh, this is, you know, as, an, as my books and then another author's name and it was too confusing so I changed everything. <laughs> I actually just now did a, a new one for my kids' books which is um, MarshaskidsBooks.com because I split, I'm splitting everything up because I do have sexier books and it wasn't working out after all these years i knew i had to do it i'd start i did it once I, and then i put them all together and then it should i knew it shouldn't be because kids book it's different it, it is hard when you do different genres you know yeah I, i'm sure that and, i'm sure that could be hard yeah it is hard it is very hard all right anyway all right thank you all very much and i will change yours katie <laughs> As soon as we get off. No problem. And, uh, right. And um, so thank you very much. And I hope everybody wears their masks and get their vaccines when they can. And hopefully we can end COVID. All right. Thank you all very much. Have a great day. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. you Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.